Welcome to the Convene podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Miltite. Convene magazine is published by PCMA, the Professional Convention Management Association, and it offers fresh perspectives on meetings and events. You can find Convene online at pcmaconvene.org. In this podcast, we're talking with Janet Spurstad, CMP, about mindfulness and meetings. Janet's the program director for the Meeting and Event Management degree program at Madison Area Technical College in Madison, Wisconsin. She's an expert in the neuroscience of business leadership and event design. But as Janet told me, she embraced mindfulness and neuroscience relatively late in her career. We spoke on Skype. I work in a city that we have a world-renowned institute on mindfulness here. And the uh, chairman of that brings in the Dalai Lama three times a year and studies his brain. He's a neuroscientist. And I went to a session, I went to a talk that he was there uh, because so much about mindfulness was always about yoga and meditation. And I was just like, oh, what? I have to add another habit to my life? And then I heard him speak and I was like, huh, this is different than just taking two minutes and having a meditative moment. She went away inspired about what mindfulness could do for your thinking, for freeing up your brain to focus. She began to do more research and eventually she got an executive master's in neuroleadership. Now she teaches mindfulness as part of her classes. When I think of mindfulness, bringing it into our world of events, and meetings, it's about really creating space in the brain for deeper thinking, for driving deeper moments for meaning, for connections, creating some white space in the brain. She says the problem with so many meetings and conferences is that white space is hard to come by. There's so much going on, it can be difficult to focus. We don't remember what we don't pay attention to. So it's really about bringing people into the moment to focus their attention, quiet out the rest of the noise, and come into that moment and to get the richness of the moment without distractions. And for us in the event planning world, what dictates our attention most often is our senses. At a typical event, an attendee is surrounded by people. You're probably in a huge cacophonous room for part of the day. You're in session after session. She says it's a recipe for sensory overload. You, you feel uh, like you're drinking from a fire hose when all this information comes in. Janet is on a mission to help change that. She says it all starts with understanding more about the brain, specifically the brain at meetings. She says, take the first day of a big conference. You walk into a room and something happens to your brain when you step onto the threshold of that room full of people, a lot of whom are strangers. Janet says, we scan the room like we scan the horizon. And subconsciously? We look for something we don't know. We're driven to minimize danger. First and foremost, we're driven to look for threat. So when we walk into that room... It's, it's a landmine, right? Because you could have someone there you don't want to see. You could have someone there that you don't know. And not knowing is a threat. We're not comfortable with it. It could be dark. There could be multiple lights going on. There could be music. So all those things start to enter in the brain and it activates a tiny little piece of the brain called the amygdala. The amygdala is that almond-shaped part of the brain that processes emotions. And that, that does 
two things. It says to your brain, fight or flight. And if it's activated, uh, it has a strong signal, it does those things. So we will either turn around and walk out, or we will aggressively walk in and we will face these things. Okay, so say we walk in, and of course most of us will. She says it's still not great that we're in such a defensive stance, but we don't have to be. What happens is when you activate the reward center, the parts of our brain that bring us pleasure and motivation and relaxation, seeing a friend, seeing someone smile and you smile back, you increase your dopamine levels. What happens in that moment is it sends that signal back down to the amygdala and it shifts into neutral. So it, it no longer is in this state. And this happens a fifth of a second. It's that fast. So walking in and seeing, you know, seeing a logo or a session name that you know, or the speaker name, or you see a friend, um, even a stranger who's smiling at you, everyone has the same lanyard and badges and things that we have a sense of commonality makes you happier. Like, I belong. What can planners do about that? What can they do to make our brains shift into neutral quicker? Yeah, you know, we can hear farther than we can see. So by by really leveraging this, the, the power of sound, you know, being careful that as people walk up to the room, think about the music as a color that it fills the room, but it's not shouting. Music that you can sway to, because if you can sway to it, your brain can organize it because it goes often with our heartbeat. And we like that. So really being thoughtful about adding music that's upbeat, but it also has some real balance to it. And avoiding music with a heavy beat. That beat can put the amygdala right back into fight or flight mode. Another thing to be aware of, she says, is the sense of touch. One of the most powerful chemicals in the brain that I think for event professionals to really leverage is the neurochemical called oxytocin. I call it the love chemical, because if you and I shook hands, we would release oxytocin in our own system. And what it does is it makes us feel closer. She says it's the reason face-to-face meetings are so much more powerful than any other kind. And events are about creating moments of meaning, and that comes from people. We don't crave more data in the world. We can get data and information anywhere. So having someone at the door, greeting people, smiling, dopamine comes in, and there's a sense of place and a sense of friendliness. She says the sense of smell is important too. For instance, citrus smells make us feel more lively. Lavender makes us feel relaxed. She says it's a good idea to have a bowl of lemons or oranges around. And she says even if we actually can't smell them, looking at them, we think we can. So it has the same effect. And talking of feeling lively at events, or not? I cannot tell you the number of times I've been in these basement rooms and or rooms with absolutely no natural light. And it's, a, it's an energy killer, especially after lunch. Yeah, I, I really wish that we would continue to get more and more better buildings out there that weren't just energy efficient, but because they are. They can, they can really adapt to some of these things, but also we just have more environments that add daylight, that add art, that add more opportunities to go outside and not be so restricted. And just, you know, so it, it really allows us as humans to be more interactive with the outside world. 
because the next time you have a problem, notice where you're looking. You're going to look up. You're going to look up to the sky. We are hardwired to look up and outward. And if you're sitting in a meeting room with a 10-foot ceiling and all walls, your battery is just going to be down to zero. And you'll be looking down, and pretty soon you'll be looking at your handheld device looking for a distraction. Sound familiar? One other change she recommends is not to schedule a speaker at lunchtime. We're a whole ecosystem as a body. And people come to meetings, right, to connect and network. And that's their time. That's their time to sort of eat, refuel, check in at work. That's weighing on their brain. They got to answer these emails. That's their time and space to take care of themselves and also maybe to have to socialize and to really look at that lunch space to refuel the brain and refuel the body. And if you're being talked at, you can't refuel. You're going to now just have these words come right at you and you're going to be annoyed that you can't talk to your neighbor and you can't do do these things that you need to take care of. So these things that that we always still do, we're like, oh, let's have a speaker at lunch because that's another slot. It, it's going to have such little value. She says some of the best thinking time is going to happen after lunch. It does not deserve its reputation as the snooze hour. I think that's an hour full of rich opportunity to do reflective work, small partner work, case study work, really think about and bring those thoughts inward because the parts of the brain that activate when we inwardly thinking are very different than when we outwardly think. And insights happen when we think in. It's that context. It's using your experience and your judgments to filter information and see how it works. And then you create a new idea with it. She says that's the biggest benefit of mindfulness. People don't come to a meeting to think the same thing that they, that, that they knew before they came and not meet anybody. So for me, when we talk about mindfulness, the purpose and the benefit is to really increase insights and innovation and new thoughts and help people think differently. Janet Spurstad of Madison Area Technical College. That's the Convene podcast for this month. If you have feedback on the show, shoot us an email at convenepodcast at pcma.org. We'd love to know what you think. There'll be another show next month. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening.